Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to my Tuesday edition of Sin's Check Corner. Um, we took the day off yesterday to spend with my beautiful children, and today we're back on the mark. Um, today's afternoon interview is going to be with a gentleman by the name of Mike Pook, who is fortunate for me, not only a good friend of mine, but a very, very successful, uh, worthy individual in the community, and I'm so glad that he is my guest today. So I'm not going to keep him holding much longer. Let's get him on the line. Hi, Mike. Good afternoon. Hi, how are you? I am doing great. How about you? I'm very excited, actually. I feel bad you've been having to hold for two minutes. So I'm like, oh, I'm trying to get on to him. I'm trying to get to you. Um, we have much ground to cover in a short amount of time. So I kind of want to get at things, if we can, um, right away, because I have questions that I would like to ask and, and stuff that I know that the audience would like to hear. So first, let me say, in my opinion, you resonate such a good set of family values and you serve as such a pillar in your community and you work very regularly to assist in the success of your organization, which to those who don't know is the American Legion Post 449. Um, I want to start off by talking about your roots. You're obviously a native of Wauwatosa and a graduate of Tosa West. Um, do you feel that your roots play a factor in, in the eventual relationship that you establish with the Post? Yes, I do. Okay. The uh, being from Wauwatosa, the the American Legion Post 449 originally was uh, located in Elm Grove, but uh, in the late uh, well, 1999 2000 relocated to Brookfield, and uh, they service really not only Elm Grove, Brookfield, but Wauwatosa, New Berlin, um, some of the Waukesha, some of the Milwaukee area. So it's really a kind of a central area, even though it's the post is located in Waukesha County. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then can you tell us approximately when um, the Legion was established to begin with? Oh, I, I, it was shortly after World War II. I don't remember the exact date it was uh, established. Uh, my portion of the organization is the Sons of American Legion, and the Sons of American Legion is uh, male descendants of veterans. So in my case, I did not serve my but my father, who was a Korean War veteran, did serve. So, therefore, I'm eligible under my father as a son of the American Legion. Okay, I understand. I've got you. And then uh, what year were you established within the organization? What point did you start? Well, actually, I was uh, a member in the in the 90s. And then uh, at some point, I lost interest and uh, stopped my membership. And after a few years... After that, I decided that uh, if I'm going to become a member, I would become more involved, and that's what I did. Uh, I've been now 14 consecutive years as a member of that location. Oh, I've got you. Okay, and had you participated prior to that in any other organization of that caliber? Uh, No, not really. I was, uh, uh, you know, I have uh, two sons, and I was a Boy Scout leader, and and uh, worked with you know youth uh, from uh, elementary all the way up to senior high previous to that time. Okay, gotcha. And have you established yourself? I can only ascertain this because, of course, I'm not an existing member, but I assume that it's not only good for the community but good for yourself in terms of establishing new relationships, meeting new individuals, sharing some camaraderie in terms of you all having that same common link. Yes, it's uh, the Sons of American Legion uh, is not only an individual obligation to yourself and to your community, but it's also to the state and nation. 
the uh, the Sons of American Legion uh, has has several missions. You know, we primarily are support to the veterans, but in addition to that, we are interested in the uh, veteran affairs and rehabilitation. Like uh, here in the Milwaukee area, we have the uh, National Hospital, or you know, Woods the Blocky uh, Hospital, which is a national. Uh, hospital for veterans to attend to. There are also local hospitals in Union Grove, uh, which has a lot of uh, Wisconsin veterans at. So we want to uh, assist uh, veterans uh, uh, and the rehabilitation. We might go and uh, put on a Christmas program with music and, and bring in some cookies and desserts and have a sing-along and then afterwards uh, sit down and talk to individual veterans uh, just to share some, uh, you know, goodwill to them. Certainly. Makes a lot of sense. And, of course, it's very valuable to the community, of course, because we'll go on and discussing, <laughs> excuse me, the various types of ways that you can be helpful to individuals in our community. Um, but before we do that, I kind of wanted to touch base, of course, like you started to say about your family. I understand that in your lineage, um, your father, as you mentioned, was a Korean War vet. I know your grandfather was a World War One Army vet. And I would ascertain that that history played an integral part in choosing your life's path. Um, maybe if you could perhaps share with our audience maybe some of the more prominent memories in your in your mind, assuming that your family has shared some of their war experiences with you. Is there something, maybe one or two stories that's kind of stuck with you that um, were special to you that they had shared with you? Well, you know, it's, it's kind of hard. You know, people who serve uh, during wartime a lot of them don't really talk about uh, what they did during the war. Um, it's, it's incredibly personal what what they did. And in my father's case, uh, he um, yeah, well, he he's he's from Milwaukee, and he went into the Eighth Army um, Medical Corps. And uh, he really didn't have you know after high school, he really didn't have any uh, skills. And the Army taught him uh, basic medic skills, and he was placed in an in uh, evacuation hospital. If you remember the old TV show MASH, uh, mm-hmm. you're, you're in the battlefield. You go off the battle line to a uh, to the first medical station, and then the helicopters would come into that medical station and go to a MASH unit. That's where Hawkeye Pierce and, and that storyline took place at. But then after the MASH unit, the patients would be flown or or uh, ambulance out to a evacuation hospital, and that's where my father was actually stationed at. And uh, he had uh, 12-hour shifts. They didn't know if it was day or night, and they came into a uh, uh, old schoolhouse that they converted into a hospital, and literally. Uh, hundreds, you know, patients came through, and and they worked diligently at saving lives, and uh, and you know they did the best they could in the times. You got to remember, this was the, you know, fifty one, fifty two, fifty three. Think about the medical practice then compared to what we experience today. You know, and it's uh, uh, a real difficult situation. My father came out of it a better person. Uh, he now had a drive to go into the medical field, and that's where he's, he spent uh, his career is, uh, as a self-made person in the medical field versus going to college, getting a degree, coming out and becoming you know, a surgical tech or a doctor or something like that. So uh, 
to wrap this up, you know, when you think about a person with no education got went into the military, got hands-on education, and through his personal preference was able to work up in civilian life to various uh, jobs uh, without the education background. Okay. In a personal life, you know, being a son, uh, seeing your father have gone through this means that, you know, even if you don't have the background, even though if you don't have the education, if you really, really want something, you can achieve it. So I think for a personal perspective, it, that's a real hard thing to teach people, but when you have a, a parent that has done it, you realize, I can do that too. Gotcha. So it almost would seem, and I presume, of course, that they truly have been models of inspiration to you, both your father and grandfather. Right. I got you. Uh, yep. Now, do you think that, and just maybe in the conversations that I know you said, obviously they, they, they weren't real talkative as it relates to the lifestyle per se, but do you think in some ways that it changed your perception? I know I've talked to some friends in terms of military life, and they've had parents and friends, and, and you know, they went into the military and they came out and their experiences weren't so great, and it kind of changed the way that they look at things. Do you think that that holds true for you or no? Well, I, yes and no. It's it's difficult. Um in my father's case, the Korean War, first of all, wasn't a war. It was a police action. And, uh, you know, the teenagers, you know, 18, 19-year-olds uh, back then were living off of their the forefathers who were World War II, who got all this limelight and, and uh, parades and uh, acknowledgement for, their, for what they did in World War II. The Korean War vets didn't have that. You know, a lot of America shunned away from it. A lot of people didn't look at it as a war. That's why they called it a police action. It wasn't really a war. So when these guys came home from uh, their police action, uh, they weren't greeted with the same uh, acknowledgments that the World War II vets are. And a lot of them, you know, were forgotten. And... Uh, that did have a big impact on, on at least my father and a lot of Korean War vets on how they look at life and afterwards. You know, people didn't want to hear stories of what they did during the Korean War because it wasn't as as uh, glamorous as what happened in World War II. Uh, so yeah, that you know, there 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 has been a lot of impact on 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 my father and 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 myself on his look. At his military career. Sure, I imagine so, definitely. And how impressive. How lovely to have such a lineage. Good for you. I'm not fortunate enough to have that. Um, okay, let's talk a little bit about you yourself. Uh, I know that you have served seven years as squadron commander. I know you're a current member of the Sons of American Legion, as you cited, as well as being a state vice commander. And to date, I know that you've been um, serving for 14 years as a member of the Legion. Can you outline to those who might not be aware what sort of responsibilities are you expected to fulfill in these roles? Well, what's standard for you? Oh, gee, that's, that's, a, hard, that's a hard question <laughs> I know to answer. It is. Yeah, uh, and I don't mean to generalize, but just just to give us a glimpse, per se, of, of what that entails. Well, I guess as, as, you know, as I stated previously, when I came back the second time and, and joined Into the Suns, 
my perspective was a little different. To, I wanted to get more involved in the organization. Uh, I wasn't sure how to get more involved, just to, to get more involved. So at first I started volunteering and, and helping out during the different uh, fundraiser activities. Um, it's really when I started working in the kitchen. That's when I started really uh, branching out, getting to know people, and getting to know the veterans that came into uh, Post 449. You know, it sounds weird. You, know, you volunteer in the kitchen. How do you meet people? But you, you're you're working closely with other people in the kitchen, cooking, cleaning, whatever. Uh, I also uh, uh, was uh, serving the food, and 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 you would meet the people at the counter, and I say hi to them, and I was always smiling and and uh, being happy and and trying to be fun and. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, a lot of people came through, and you would uh, meet them and greet them. And then uh, the next event, I would do the same, similar things. And after a while, you start building up new friendships, new new people to talk to. Uh, they realize that who you are, you know, and, and they see you're getting involved with the organization. And, you know, I found it fun and, uh, you know, a sense of duty, a sense of honor, honor to my father. And, uh, and I was serving not just my father's memory, but all veterans. Uh, so then I wanted to get more involved in the organization, and then I volunteered to become an officer. And then each year I moved up a rank, up a rank, and and then uh, seven seven years ago I I decided I would become the commander of the group, which basically the buck stops here. You're the president, you're the CEO of the organization. Uh, you may have a vision, but you have a board or, or officers underneath you that uh, help carry out the mission that uh, you feel the organization should be going. And really, uh, uh, you know, leadership is a very fundamental thing that you use every day in life uh, in everything you do. And, and really, it's leadership. You have you have to manage your your people. You got to deal with the the concepts of, of the organization, you have to take command of the organization, uh, and then you have to try to control the control the organization. You know, you got to give them structure and organization and an order to you know how you're going to do things, and then you kind of wrap it all up and try to make it fun for everyone. <laughs> wow, that's just a little bit of something, something, isn't it? Oh my goodness, great! Yeah, look at that. Yeah, and. I'm excited to be able to talk about that. Um, I'm sure in some ways it's exciting and maybe nerve-wracking to you in terms of um, I understand that you're going to be running for the highest office in the Sons of American Legion. So two questions. First off, what prompted such a decision? And I'm curious to ask, is there any kind of compounded effect on your family, because of course you have a family, in terms of holding such a plethora of obligation, because I assume you do now, and obviously if you take an office such as this, how does that affect that as well? All right. Um, well, first of all, I, I currently am the commander of Squadron 449 at Pulse 449 Brookfield, and and I have uh, uh, this past year was elected vice commander for the state of Wisconsin for the Sons of American Legion, and I have basically three uh, three districts that I'm in charge of, and and. Uh, uh, it's the north side of Milwaukee, all of Waukesha County, um, Racine, Kenosha, Walworth, Rock County, and then I have a uh, part of Outagamie County that I'm also responsible for. 
So, uh, you know, it's more administrative. It's also membership. It's also working with the squadron commanders and squadrons and, and trying to promote what we call the four pillars of American Legion. And, again, I kind of touched on this. One pillar is the veteran affairs and rehabilitation. Another pillar is national security. Uh, third pillar is children and youth. And the fourth one, which is uh, uh, Americanism. Americanism is such a broad area. It's, it's really to promote your pride in America, and there's various ways in doing that. So as vice commander, I've been working with, uh, you know, a third of the states on, uh, or I guess technically a quarter of the states, on these principles and helping them along. So as commander for the state of Wisconsin, you still have those things, but uh, a lot of things that I've been doing as squadron commander for the last seven years, I would be applying as a state commander for the Suns. Gotcha. Okay. I think I understood that. A little technical, but I think I followed you there. Okay. Um, well, and, you had a, and then you had a second question, Cindy, about uh, holding your obligations to your family. That's that's the yeah. tough one because uh, <laughs> I work full-time, so I'm I'm at work basically. Uh, I'll leave for work at 7 o'clock in the morning. I usually don't get home to 5 to 5.30 in the evening. And then I'm so heavily involved with the Sons of American Legion that, uh, you know, I have meetings and activities and fundraisers and, and things to do uh, with the Legion Pulse itself. Yeah, so, yeah, a lot of times I, I don't have enough time to uh, to enjoy the things that are going on in my family life. Gotcha. I understand. And, of course, I can say to, to your credit, because, of course, to those that don't know, um, the way that I met Mike for the very first time, <laughs> we, we share a mutual friend and met Tomcat Malta, of course. And uh, so he was there playing one night, and I came in, and I have to just say about Mike and his lovely wife, um, they were just so welcoming, so very sweet, so very receptive, so very, hey, come in, join the crowd. They danced, they had a lovely time, they were entertaining. That's the kind of environment that we were talking about on a regular basis. And so it's kind of neat to be able to see you integrate your family, of course, like uh, Saturday nights where you have the live music or having them play a part. Um, and have they gotten more actively involved, family your family, have they become more actively involved? Um, because of your participation? Well, I think because of my participation, they become members, uh, not just by proxy, but because because uh, I enjoy being there and my wife enjoys being there, so we're there more often. Uh, a couple of years ago, there was a proposal to to be open on Saturday nights and uh, have a classic rock venue playing at the Post. Previous to that, we had some success with Thursday night music and some success with Friday night music. Friday night music is more geared to the World War II and Korean War vets where it's, you know, it's, it's a uh, happy organ. Uh, there's some polka playing. There's, uh, uh, you may recognize the rock and roll song, but it's at a different tempo uh, than what you and I might enjoy. Sure. And, and the older and the older generations there, but uh, there really isn't anything for the let's say the below fifty, maybe below sixty crowd uh, to enjoy that kind of music, to enjoy that kind of dancing. Uh, and then the other problem we have in the American Legion is we're trying to attract the new veterans. You know, the the guys and gals that uh, have served in Afghanistan and Iraq, and and even Desert Storm vets. You know, so they're, they're younger. They don't necessarily identify with the 
Korean War, World War II vets. Uh, so Saturday night was a brainchild to bring in uh, classic rock, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s music, some country, some blues once in a while, and to attract the younger member and the public to come in on Saturday nights to enjoy this venue. Um, it's been pretty successful, and that's how you and I met uh, when uh, uh, Freddie and the Cruisers or Rock and Robins were playing, yeah. and uh, uh, and they, they bring in a crowd, and, and people are, are enjoying the free live music. Uh, Legion prices don't gouge you like the commercial businesses. Um, so it's a it's a nice venue, clean place. You don't have to worry about parking or your car being broken into. So it's been a successful event for us. Definitely so, and I can speak to that, obviously, because I've been there and been privy to it, like you would mentioned. I also am excited to announce in the upcoming weeks, I know that you're going to be having Hattrick there, and I know um, Freddie and the Cruisers will be back, and Liam Ford, who's a very good friend of mine, actually. So it's exciting because I think that that might draw in some of the younger crowd, which will be nice. And what and like you're saying, every uh, Saturday from 8 to 11.30, they're offering the free music. So that's not something that you're seeing everywhere. Nowadays, you might be getting a cover charge, and it's expensive, and there's a lot, a lot of good reasons to head on over there, and that's just one of them, obviously. And so I'm excited to see about that, and I'm glad to see the expansion of music is going on because I think that that's important. Um, speaking of music, I was shocked to learn that back in 1985, you had served as light technician to the um, local favorite musician, Bobby Way and the Wales. Uh Two questions there. Now, were there um, perks and or downsides to traveling with a band such as that? And um, do you possess any musical talent yourself? I do not have musical talent. <laughs> I, I I am a tech. I'm a technician. I'm a logical type of guy, so uh, I enjoy the back, the technical side, background of of music. Uh, I have uh, in my past run the audio board many times over the years for various different bands. A lot of the bands I worked with are are outside of the Milwaukee area, uh, Rock County, Jefferson County. Walworth County area was, was the type of areas those bands played in. Um, I, I enjoy the technical side of it, the, the the tweaking of the sound and, and the reverb and so on and so forth. Uh, there's multiple ways to run a, a board, uh, and I, I, anyway, I really enjoyed that. Oh, nice. I <laughs> I was uh, I had volunteered. Uh, I don't know if I was in high school or just out of high school to uh, these various uh, theater groups that are in the Milwaukee area. And I would uh, help help hang lights and, and work with the sets and uh, and be a spotlight operator during the musicals in particular. And uh, so anyway, that was kind of my background. And, and I knew I knew Bobby from a different life anyway. And uh, he, had, he was going to go through a transition period and, and needed a... A lighting tech, uh, a, a roadie, uh, a grunt, uh, a lighting tech, and, and operate his uh, lights. Back then in the 80s, Bobby Way was a sh- uh, on the road as a show band, and he actually put on a one set was a show set with dancing girls and and uh, a continuous scene from the beginning to the end of the set, and. Uh, like in the like in the theater, you had different scene changes with different light cues that needed to happen at certain times, so the audience would focus on 
on one side of the stage while the other side of the stage was having a, a scene change or, or people were moving around in the dark, getting ready for the next musical uh, act that was going to go on. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I did that for about six months. I got to travel. You were working six nights, and the Sundays were free, and, and uh, it uh, was a rude awakening that... Uh, you know, it wasn't as glamorous as, as you would imagine. Um, in Bobby's case, he was at the same place generally for two weeks at a time, so you got to basically move in and stay. But you live to work and you work to live is, is basically the way the way it worked. However, I got to go to Brownsville, Texas. I got to go to uh, Lafayette, Louisiana. I got to go to Shreveport, Louisiana. We played in Appleton, Wisconsin, Detroit, Michigan, and I ended my my tour back in Milwaukee. Cool. That is really cool. And for those that haven't heard Bobby Way, he's awesome. I mean, I've seen him at the fair. I've seen him everywhere. And he just he's, he's a man about town. He's all over the place. Excellent, excellent music. Fits in really well with the Legion, I think. <laughs> just throwing that out there. I'm like, he'd be really cool at the Legion, wouldn't he? Yeah, he would be. He, and he has been yeah. there. Oh, I, oh, okay. I got you. So perfect. Okay, I have two more questions for you. Um, First off, I know as we approach the coming months, I understand that on May 18th, you're going to be hosting a car and a bike show. And on June 23rd, there will be a golf outing and a dinner. Um, first off, uh, these monthly events, does that happen all year round where each month you partic- you choose a particular activity to do? Well, these two are squadron activities, and uh, we have annual events that we do Um we start off the year usually doing a Super Bowl party of some sort. This year we had a chili cook-off at our Super Bowl party, and it was free to enter. And uh, uh, basically you had a bucket cup, um, and then it was a popular vote. And uh, we had eight entries. No, we had nine entries, and we gave out cash prizes to the top two vote-getters. Uh, it was something different that we did this year. I thought it was rather successful. Uh, it was interesting, uh, different, and we did that during the Super Bowl party. Oh. Um, then uh, usually in the, in May we do a car show. In June we do a golf outing. And then in the fall, usually October, we do some kind of dinner dance. Subjects tend to change. Uh, this past fall we did a uh, Russian dance heritage with a steak fry. The two are very odd together, but uh, we, we serve steak and, and a vegetable and desserts. And then the entertainment versus you going dancing, we had uh, Russian dancers come in and talk about their folk. And the Russian dance folk was really turn of the century of 1900, before you know before the, uh, the communists took over when it was still under the czar rule. So that's the culture that we talked about. And then we had uh, raffle items that were from what we would consider old Russia, of all the Russian provinces, not just not just what we think of as Russia today. Uh, right. And then, yeah, and that was that was the raffle. And, and incidentally, the the money earned from the raffles was donated to a children and chil- a, ch- a child welfare fund for children oh, of. Uh, of veterans or children of of men and women currently serving uh, will benefit from that raffle. So even though we did this fundraiser, the monies that we earn from that goes back 
into somehow into the veteran community. In this case, because we are sons of the American Legion, we also want to support other sons and daughters of legionnaires or, or veterans. So that's what this child welfare fund is all about. So uh, anyway, we do an annual dinner dance in the fall. Um, veterans Day, we usually do something on Veterans Day. The Post sponsors a kids' Christmas party, and we usually contribute one way or another, you know, buy food, cook food uh, for the kids for the party. And that kind of wraps up our year. So uh, so the car show is coming up on Armed Forces Day, May 18th. Uh, it starts about 10 o'clock at the American Legion Post 449. And the address, because we haven't said that yet, for yet. Uh, Post 449 is 3245 North 124th Street, and that's in Brookfield. It's right there on the county line between Brookfield and Wauwatosa, uh, mm -hmm. just uh, north of Burley. Okay. We'll have uh, we'll be serving food, grilling out food. We'll, we have a raffle going on. It's really a man's raffle. We're going to do more manly things like uh, raffle off tools and uh, have booze and you know other other man type items at at this raffle. Uh, and then uh, we have trophies for the different car classes that have come in, like, uh, you know, if you bring in a motorcycle, there's a motorcycle class. If you have a truck, van, or pickup, there's a class for that. If you have a hot rod or a street machine, there's a class for that. And, and we even have a popular vote, so you as a spectator can come in. You can you can vote on a, the car that you think is, is the best of the show. And, again, that's on May 18th. And then in, in June, uh, usually the week after Father's Day, we have a golf outing. We go to one of the local golf courses, and you do a round of golf. And then afterwards, have a have a social time back at the post with the golfers and families. Even if you don't golf, you can come up back and enjoy the enjoy a dinner and the social time with the golfers. Uh, and that's in June. Gotcha. Now, just to clarify, um, as far as your activities and events that you um, sponsor, are uh, the divided meaning that some is for members only, or is it across the board where you can typically participate in almost anything without membership? Just to clarify. Uh, usually you can participate. Uh, anybody can participate. For instance, like the uh, car show and golf outing, anybody could participate in it. Matter of fact, we would want the people to bring in their cars, their classic cars or motorcycles, because you know a lot of these people spend you know twenty, thirty, or more thousand dollars on their vehicles, and uh, they're very pretty. And we want you to bring them in so you can show the vets and the public your vehicle. Definitely. Oh, and just also to ask the other question, obviously, to those that are listening that may not be aware of your organization, um, if they want to do some research on you or to be able to find you online or ways to be able to get hooked up on the events you have going on, how do they do that? Well, I know the American Legion Pulse 449 has some kind of website. I don't I don't know how up-to-date it is. Uh, that's done by, again, the Legionnaires. Uh, but you can do some research that way. Um, I am on Facebook. That would be Mike. Uh, and I try to post uh, pictures of the various events and uh, some some personal things, but I try to I try to keep it more to what the uh, the sons are doing in the American Legion. But you can certainly take a look at uh, some of the back stuff that I've done on there and and uh, catch me that way. If you're in the area, stop into the American Legion Post 449, and uh, they usually have a newsletter in the front hallway. And you can read uh, what's going on there, and, and uh, you know, stop in on a Thursday nights. We have Italian night. Friday night is a fish fry. 
Saturday afternoon we have a luncheon with raffles usually. Saturday night is is the live music. So you know if you came in one of those nights, uh, there would be lots of people there and and somebody to talk to. Maybe you're eligible to become a member. Maybe you want to know more information. I mean, just because you're not a veteran doesn't mean you can't join the organization, such as myself. I'm a son. You could be a daughter or a spouse of a veteran also, and you can join the organization. And then the second organization, which which I belong to, which a lot of people don't know about, is the American Legion Riders, which means uh, I'm a son of American Legion, but I also own a Harley, so I can be in the parades and, and support American Legion while riding my Harley. Sure, and that's awesome, too, because you're combining this great, well, who doesn't love a guy in a Harley? Of course, obviously, we all do. And I do host Sam Crow Radio, so I'm a big advocate for the Harleys. And, again, it's just another means and way for you to serve your community, which ideally, and in case I haven't told you before, is so overwhelmingly impressive to me. That's why I find you so very inspiring. That's why I felt it necessary to have this interview today is kind of shine a light on not only just some of the things that you've done, but to let individuals know because most people out there don't really know what the purpose of the American Post Legions are or what they do, how they service their community. So I'm hoping that everyone that's listening to this interview today will take advantage of the various opportunities uh, that the Legion offers. Go check out the live music on Saturday. Again, Mike, like you mentioned, Pook, P-O-O-K is his last name, and he is on Facebook. He has a page. I, of course, will use my personal page and show page to put up some information, and I can certainly continue to keep posting up about future events that the Legion is going to have as well. Um, So I think we've done pretty good, Mike. What do you think? I think we did fantastic. I do. I appreciate your time. I appreciate you giving me the 30 minutes that you had. I think... I think we've done well. And, again, like you said, uh, certainly go ahead and look them up on Facebook. And, again, just to reiterate, go ahead and um, stop by 3245 North 124th Street. Um, I'm not exactly sure when Mike or I will both be there at the same time again. I'm hoping so in the next month because I miss those guys. I actually do miss you all. So I will definitely make it a point to stop down. But at the bare minimum, please go down to visit Mike. He's certainly doing some great and wonderful things, and you're going to meet a whole bunch of super Super wonderful, friendly, supportive individuals. So I, I wholeheartedly advocate what you do. I thank you for being a part of our community and for having the organization you do. We respect you a great deal, and I don't think you get to hear that enough. So thank you for everything. I do appreciate it. I'm glad I'm able to support you. Uh, thank you very much, Cindy. And something I didn't mention is that we are going to have a St. Patrick's Day party on ah. Saturday, March 16th. Oh, okay, definitely, and I will have to post that information up too because if I check my calendar, I don't think I don't think that I'm blocked up yet, so I can potentially well, make a stop. Most down. people, most people will have something on on the 17th. We're going to do it on the 16th during the daytime. Uh, okay. Certainly have corned beef, cabbage sandwiches, and I think we're going to have stew also, and and basically from cool. 11 to 6, and then we have an excellent band that night, the uh, the Ricochets, which is that British mm-hmm. invasion band from the wow. Milwaukee area. They're going to be there Saturday Yay. night, March 16th, and that's going to be a, a super time with them. March 16th, and I will make sure to make a note of that as well, my dear. Awesome. All right, I will let you get back to your regular day job, and I will be in touch with you soon. And, again, thank you for doing this. Thank you very much, Cindy, for all you do. I, I appreciate it as well. Not a problem at all. You have a great afternoon. We'll be talking soon. All right, take care now. Thanks. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, folks, thanks so much for listening in today. Again, I wanted to just reiterate, um, Mike, and the last name is P-O-O-K. He is located on Facebook. The address, again, is 
45 North 124th Street. In case you missed the name, it's actually called the American Legion Post 449. As I mentioned, they do have this great opportunity to be there on Saturday evenings from 8 to 11.30, which is when they offer their free live entertainment. Please, please, I cannot I cannot convey to you enough lately how we've been losing venue after venue here in Milwaukee as it relates to live music. So I am wholeheartedly an advocate of any particular establishment that's going to offer opportunities to local live music. And certainly, like I said, I can vouch for Freddie and the Cruisers. Liam Ford is a personal friend of mine. Patrick will be there, and who knows how many other various talented actors, or excuse me, musicians, pardon me, in the community will be serving there. So definitely, please take some time to get on there. There's nothing else to say. Thank you to the veterans and the military individuals that are affiliated with our city. And, of course, just enjoy the environment. It's a beautiful place. I can also tell you that it's also got spatial room available for rent. And I can also tell you, like I said, the company is nothing short of just amazing. So please, please take the time necessary to do so. Um, Before I wanted to wrap up today's show, there's something I wanted to talk about. Anyone who listens to my show on a somewhat even once or twice a year basis will know that I am a wholehearted advocate for supporting Milwaukee as it relates to artists, musicians, businesses, and the like. Um, This morning I was very fortunate, first off, because I got to go to breakfast with a really cute boy with really cute blue eyes, which turned out really nice, (laughs) and I enjoyed it. But moreover, the nicest part about this is is once in a while, once in a great while, after not being to a restaurant for a God's age, it's so nice to be welcomed by such a very warm face with such a beautiful disposition. And this morning I was very lucky. There's a lady by the name of Denise who happens to work at a little establishment we call Miss Katie's Diner here in Milwaukee. For those of you who haven't visited it before, it's located on 1900 West Clybourne Street. I have to say that um, just for the moment, she walked right up. I, I gave her this flattering compliment about her face, and, and she was all worried that it wasn't so perfect. Apparently it was a bit of And I have to say that she was very down-to-earth, very grounded, very accommodating, extremely helpful in the regard of making sure that we had no masks, we had plenty of coffee, she was very attentive, she wasn't a pest, which is absolutely wonderful, and I just loved her personality. She is 100 hands-down percent a uh, very personable gal. I enjoyed being around her very much, and uh, she put up with my bullshit, basically. So <laughs> kudos to Denise. So if you guys ever want to have yourself an absolutely wonderful dining experience with an amazing waitress, her name is Denise. She works for breakfast and lunch on Tuesday through Friday at Miss Katie's Diner. For those of you that don't know, they are open during the week, Monday through Friday, from 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. As I understand it, on the weekends, they start at 8 a.m. and they're open to 10.30 p.m. They do have a full-service menu, meaning they have non-alcoholic and alcoholic beverages, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, of course. Again, to those of us who uh, live under a rock and aren't aware, they've had uh, visits from two different presidents, at least that I'm aware of. And I know that Denise had told me a cute little story about Michelle Obama, which I thought was neat. And this morning, actually, we were sitting there, and I could see the pictures that they had posted up of her visit there. So basically, it's like taking a walk back in time and, and living a little bit of history. So hands down again, people, get your asses down there and have some good food with them. Uh, 1900 West Clybourne Street. I'm hoping in the near future that Pete will indulge me with some time um, on air because we'd love to be able to get into a chance to promote businesses, like I said, in Milwaukee. Please, again, Miss Katie's Diner. They've been an establishment since 1990, and they're up and running and still up and strong. And, Pete, if you are listening to this at some point in time, I would ask very graciously, please, 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 think about giving Denise a raise and I would appreciate it greatly. 
Okay, folks, I think that takes care of today's business. Um, coming up tomorrow, 5 o'clock Central Standard Time, we are having Johnny Cash Jr., as I call him. This is my Milwaukee week. So tomorrow we are fortunate enough to have Tom Cat Malta is his name. You can check him out ahead of time online if you'd like at www.tomcatjoe.com. And that's going to be at 5 o'clock Central Standard Time, and that's on Wednesday. And then Thursday we have coming up another set of Milwaukee musicians that I adore just as much, which would be the stylings of Bill White and Lori Jesmick. That's going to be at 4.30 p.m. Central Standard Time, and we're going to be having a discussion about their new pairing. They're now an acoustic duo together, and so we're going to talk about their background and some of their new ventures that are coming up. And then rounding out on Friday will be my sister station, which I will be on Sam Crow Radio. I'm going to be speaking to Sean Patrick Parsons, who is the actual owner of Piston Clothing. And what Piston Clothing does basically is to produce the Sons of Anarchy uh, merchandise, the clothing. So I'm very excited to be doing that interview. And that's going to go on from 10 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. Central Standard Time. But that's on my sister radio show, which is Sam Crow Radio. And that can be found at blogtalkradio.com backslash, and all one word, Sam, S-A-M, Crow, C-R-O, Radio, R-A-D-I-O, of course. And certainly we have a Facebook page for Sam Crow Radio. We also have a Facebook page for Sims Check Corner, which is what you're on now. Show pages for both. And, of course, uh, my personal Facebook page, if you want to connect with me again, is Cindy, and the last name is M-I-C-H. I want to say thanks so much again to Mike Coop for his participation today, and I look forward to talking to you all tomorrow at 5. You have a good afternoon.